Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I had only been a pastor for a short time. I had seen nothing quite like it. I was standing in a hospital room by the bed of a young man who was scarcely 20 years of age. He had been in the hospital several weeks after being in a motorcycle accident, and he wasn't getting any better. His left thigh was heavily bandaged from his hip down to his knee. He had an infection in the thigh of his left leg and it simply would not heal. In fact, the infection was spreading and the decision had been made to move him from the local hospital in Hagerstown, Maryland to Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. I wondered to myself if the young man was not about to lose his leg, if not his life. A few days later, I drove the young man's mother the 40 plus miles from the Hagerstown area to Baltimore to visit with her son. We found his hospital room and discovered what it was that the doctors at Hopkins had decided to do as treatment. They had opened the abscess in his leg quite literally right down to the bone. They said the problem was that the wound kept healing over on the surface while the wound underneath was not healing at all. This caused the abscess to reform and the infection not only to continue but to get stronger and stronger. They said what was needed for this boy to live and to save his leg was healing from the inside out. So, they were going to lay open the wound in such a way that it didn't heal over at the surface, but it would gradually, slowly heal from the inside to the outside. It took a long, long, long time for this inside-out healing to occur. The young man was in the hospital there in Baltimore for over a month before he was released. But the result was that not only did he not lose his leg through amputation, but he made a complete and full 
recovery. I have often thought about that young man, his experience, and the method of treatment that was given to him. Surface or superficial healing was not enough. Healing had to come from the inside out. Without healing from the inside out, he might have died from the spread of infection into his bloodstream, or he most certainly would have suffered an amputation. When Jesus looked at the spiritual condition of the Jewish leaders who so strongly opposed him, he saw that what was needed was healing. Healing from the inside out. You see, on the surface, they gave the appearance of being healthy servants of God. But what Jesus perceived was that their purity and devotion was only a surface or superficial thing. Underneath, there was terrible spiritual infection, spiritual distress, and if we may put it this way, spiritual pathology. Indeed, despite the fact these people appeared to be the picture of spiritual health and dedication, they were really, spiritually speaking, terminally ill. The problem was, you see, that they had focused on the wrong treatment for their spiritual illness. They were following a treatment plan that involved outside-in healing. What I mean is this. They believed what ailed them spiritually could be taken care of by strict adherence to religious laws, customs, and traditions. Therefore, they were devoted, for example, to observing the rules of purification. They believed that a person who has washed his hands in a certain specified manner when coming from the marketplace or coming from work or coming from someplace else. This person was able to maintain spiritual purity before God, a right relationship with God, if you will. But the problem was that a lot of people became so intent on washing their hands properly that they forgot about the need to wash their hearts. As a result of concentrating on the externals of religion, 
the internal part of religion, the most in part important part of religion got neglected. This is the point, you see, Jesus is making when he states in today's gospel lesson, well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold fast the tradition of men, says Jesus. Then Jesus, as we read in our lesson, goes on to remind them of what the true source of their spiritual illness is. Says Jesus, listen to me. Everyone, and hear this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Specifically, Jesus mentions some really sick things that come out of people, like evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, envy. Hmm. It's not a healthy list at all that Jesus presents. In fact, it's a fairly comprehensive list of those unhealthy behaviors that infect and kill both the relationship with God and our relationships with our fellow human beings. The words of Jesus, it seems to me, are just as germane today as they were in the day and time in which they were first spoken. In the church, we can get so hung up on superficial items that forget what is truly important about being part of the church. In many a Christian congregation, for instance, the chief concern of worship on Sunday morning is on issues of decorum rather than on the question of whether or not the forgiving love of God in Christ Jesus the Lord has touched someone's heart that day. I had a vicar one time who told me a story about criticism of the pastor in the way that his pastor was conducting the worship services. One Sunday, a woman came to the pastor after the church service and said, Pastor, you simply are walking too fast as you walk across the chancel area and as you approach the altar. You need to slow down. 
It just isn't reverent the way you are doing things. The next Sunday, someone else came to the pastor and said, Pastor, you need to speed up the worship service. You're dragging things out. There needs to be an energy in the service. There needs to be a, a, a moving on and, and people are carried along in the worship service. So please speed things up. Well, you know what happened on the third Sunday? The pastor slowly walked to the center of the church and then quickly walked to the altar. <laughs> I think he was trying to make a point by the way he was doing things. It's not about how fast you walk to the altar or how slow you walk to the altar. It's about things much deeper and more important is it not? I was a pastor in San Diego for 16 years. And during uh, that time, part of the time, we had a congregation of Vietnamese Christians who used our facilities in their worship and in their study. And things went very, very well in our relationship, for the most part. But you know what broke loose when some of the Vietnamese women dared to get into the kitchen and to use some of the old dishes that had not been used for church suppers for 20 or 25 years. How dare these people get into our dishes and use our dishes hadn't been used for years and years for their refreshment period. Pastor, you've got to do something about this. Not the point that it was wonderful that these people wanted to worship God and we were able to help them in worshiping God as they used part of our facilities. And the story is told of a woman who was touring a great cathedral in Europe. As the tour progressed, the guide pointed out all the beautiful and valuable artistic treasures of the Grand Cathedral. The guide went on to talk about all the great persons who had worshipped at the cathedral, some of whom 
were actually interned in various parts of the cathedral to this very day. She and the guide talked about the historical significance related to the church and the long traditions involved in cathedral observances. Near the end of the cathedral tour, the guide paused and asked the tour group if there were any questions. One woman immediately raised her hand and she said, can you tell me, is anyone ever getting saved in this congregation anymore? The woman's question really cut to the chase of what the church is really about. Wouldn't you agree? Is anybody really getting saved anymore by coming to this church? When everything is said and done, the real question of importance about a church is not the color of the carpeting, the elegant elegance of the stained glass windows, and even the manner of dress of the people attending the worship. The core is whether or not people are coming into contact with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's take a moment and even bring this point a little closer home. Let's take a moment and think about ourselves and what it is that we make the focus of our spiritual life. Are we someone who spends copious amounts of time and energy focusing on the surface things of religion and neglecting the deeper things of the heart? If it does anything for us, this lesson from the Gospel of Mark serves to remind us of where we need to focus if we are having a real spiritually healthy relationship with our Lord and Savior. We must focus on our heart. We must attend to what we find there if we worship God with our lips while our heart is far from God, we have a very serious spiritual condition. In fact, it may well be that we are in danger of spiritually dying, even though we may outwardly appear to be the picture of spiritual health. So I think here of what the psalmist wrote. In Psalm 51 it reads, 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The psalmist knew that God, and God alone, could make him spiritually well. The psalmist knew that he had to be healed from the inside out. So he made his plea to God to do for him what he could never do for himself in a thousand years. Create in me, he asked of God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit, a steadfast spirit within me. So too, it is critical for us to attend to matters of the heart. May it not be said of us what it was said of the ancient Israelites by Isaiah. This people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Isn't that precisely what is wrong with so much in the church of Jesus today? Is it not why the church is withering and dying in America in so many places? People are honoring God with their lips, but their hearts, oh, their hearts are far from him. What is needed today as much as ever is people who honor God, not with empty words, but with hearts that are full of love and devotion both for him and for their fellow human beings. There is a hymn that says, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. There's another hymn that says, Oh, for a heart to praise my God, a heart from sin set free, a heart that always feels the blood so freely shed for me. May God so work in each one of us that we will truly be a Christian where it really counts on the inside. May we be Christian in our heart. May God heal us from the inside out by creating in us a clean heart 
and a steadfast spirit that is truly and completely dedicated to his word. May we be truly healed in the way that really counts. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all of our human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. All God's people joined in saying, Amen. Amen.